back to the Andrew Steele podcast. We've got a little bit of a different episode for you today. Before I get into that, we are brought to you by the Steel Sports Bar, the Everyman Sports Site for the Everyman Sports Fan. You can check us out on all we do over at steelsportsbar.substack.com. So before I get into today's show, I've got a couple of little announcements. I announced on Sunday that I will be hosting a brand new show on the Toilets to Tiles network called Big Apple Sports with Andrew Steele. The clues in the name, it is going to be all about New York sports. For those who listen to the podcast, who regularly read the site, you will know that I am one of the biggest New York sports fans out there. So to have the opportunity to literally talk nothing but New York sports for an hour every week, potentially more, was was just too good a, a chance to turn down. I'm really excited about this. I, I've done some work with Toilets the Titles before, but they've uh, they've made some really massive leaps over the last year or so. They've they've been credentialed to cover the um, the the pro days in the NFL and all the draft stuff, and they are going from strength to strength. So so to go back and have my own show where I work with a great team and and they're giving me the creative freedom to to craft the show how I want. It, honestly, it's a dream, and it's someone in my position that's that's more than I can ask for. And I've got so much planned. I've I've been really busy putting into place stuff for the opening shows. We're going to be going live every week so that we can bring on guests. And the great thing about YouTube as opposed to podcasts is that there's a lot more audience interaction. People can comment live and we're going to definitely be bringing in the audience and getting fans to kind of event and, and talk about their teams. And we're going to be covering all the New York teams every week. We're looking to launch the week of opening day, so in late March, but we're going to be bringing out some clips and the run-up and teasing some stuff and, and really kind of building towards the, the content you're going to see from us. So I'm uh, really pumped about that. I've also accepted a position as a writer for a outlet covering the Mets to add to what I already do with the Mets and the site. And don't worry, none of these roles are going to impact what I do on the podcast and on the site. They're going to be the main thing, but just two brilliant op- opportunities to add to to what I already do and and I'm I'm really pumped for the 2024 season and the year to come in general. And I mean just what a weekend of sports and and what a time for sports. You know, I think there's this common misconception that when the Super Bowl finishes and the NFL season ends, that's kind of it for sports, but that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, the NHL and the NBA are really heating up as they go down the stretch run and get ready for the playoffs. Baseball's back, spring training's in full swing now. We've got March Madness coming up, college baseball's on. Obviously, we're going to have the NFL draft. We're really going to start really built, ramping up to that. So there's so much going on. And the, this weekend has been absolute heaven. I mean, Saturday I had the first Met spring training game of the year, the first SNY broadcast. That's when you know when baseball's back, when you hear that SNY iconic music, intro music, and you see Gary and Ron Keith was uh, not there, but he, he will be best broadcast booth in baseball. If you ask me, I had the, I had hockey on another screen and I was literally just indulging in baseball and hockey all night. And then before I jumped on to record the show today, 
I had the the Yankees on because I'm a big Michael K fan, so I always enjoy listening to his his broadcasts. I had the Devil's Lightning game on another screen, and this is exactly the time of year where I would love nothing more than to strip down and watch sports nude because hey, God intended us to be nude. That's how we were brought into this world. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I would love to get a big play of wings, sit there in a nude, wings on my chest, <clears throat> and consume sports the only way they should be consumed. Okay, I'm sorry for putting that image in your head, but just an absolute awesome time for, for sports, and I'm really excited for the for the months ahead and, and what we've got on the dock. So speaking of which, as I teased at the top, today's show isn't the usual. We have no guest. I was looking to get a, get a guest on, but to be honest, it, it's been a bit of a strange week just in terms of the fact that spring training games have only just started and I didn't. there's only so much you can talk about from spring training workouts. So I, I didn't really want to waste a baseball guest this week. I'd rather wait until we've had a few days of games and then bring a guest on. And I kind of want to, you know... I, I, I want to leave hockey and basketball for a few more weeks when we really get down the stretch run. So I thought, well, I didn't want to go a week without doing a podcast. So why not do a solo one? Is the people is the my readers will will tell you who read the site regularly. I love nothing more than every now and then to do three, four thousand words on a bunch of random sports topics that just come into my head because I have nothing but sports topics that go around my head. And so I thought, you know what, I'll do that in podcast form because I'm sure many of you can't wait to listen to my delightful tones for however long this goes. <laughs> but no, so this is what today's episode is going to be, just me running down a bunch of sports topics that are on my mind. There's going to be some TV stuff in there too. And then I'm going to finish by running through my 10 teams players that I'm keeping an eye on in, in spring training as we get closer to opening day. So without further ado, let's take a quick break and get on with an absolute delicious buffet of sports talk. dive into an absolute smorgasbord of sports talk and just some topics that I've been thinking about a lot over the last few days and, and want to get through and then we're going to finish with my top 10 players teams that I'm interested to see in spring training and beyond. Before we start off with sports though, so I'm going to lift the curtain a little bit for you. I When I work, I like some noise. I can't work in complete silence. I never have. And I, and I guess that's the direct byproduct of being a sports writer. You're often writing in at live events or have crowds around you and you never really allowed any peace. So I don't like complete silence. I can't listen to podcasts because I'm not that clever. Well, I'm not clever at all, but um, I, I can't focus too much on, on the podcast if I'm writing or putting stuff together. So what I do like to do is I like to 
put the TV on and just have it on low and have it in the background and, and just put random things on that I don't really have to focus too hard on. And my go-tos at the moment have been the office, the US office. Anyone who thinks the British office is better needs their head examining, if you ask me. And I don't think we can be friends, if that's your opinion. And the rookie. the, the I've, I've really got into the rookie. They, they've just premiered season six just what a show and it, and it's kind of in the same vein as you know blue bloods which is also on the list and chicago fire all those kind of shows uh law and order and i like any of those shows i can put on and just watch episode after episode while i work and they're almost like a form of relaxation for me and the rookie just is just gets better and better with every season one of my favorite tv shows and one of my other favorite tv shows which i have to stop everything to watch is curb your enthusiasm i am a huge larry david fan i absolutely love curb i can't believe this is the last season i'm i still don't completely buy it because larry has said several times before that he's finished and then come back and i heard him on the bill simmons podcast recently and he said this is the most fun he has when he when he does curb so I can actually see him maybe taking a break for a year or two and then coming back with more. I really can. But we've got the late the last season now with like three episodes in. And honestly, I've never laughed so hard. I mean, every episode so far has had four or five just laugh out loud moments. Be it the the therapy dog, the the ball thing, you know, the the balls on show. Larry hitting someone in the back with a golf shot. It's just, for me, Curb is TV gold. And I've been watching that a lot lately. I can't wait to watch the latest episode. And yeah, I, I recommend it. I recommend that if you if you work from home or you, you're at home a lot, just stick on something like The Rookie or Blue Bloods or Curb and have on in the background. They're honestly, you, you can't go wrong. You still get a lot of work done and you're entertained in the process. I mean, what's not to like? So let's run through some sports stuff. So I'm going to just warn you all. There's no particular rhyme or reason or order for what I'm going to go in. I'm just going to basically shoot off a load of stuff that's happened recently that I've been thinking about. So I'm going to go topical because this happened late on Saturday night. Cody Bellinger returned to the Cubs, signed a three-year, 80 million deal. Now, the important thing is, is there's opt-outs after the first two years. So there's opt-outs after year one and year two. This is effectively a pillow deal. What this is, is this is similar to what Bellinger did last year when he came off two horrendous years and he signed a one-year prove-it deal. He obviously didn't get the kind of offer he was looking for in free agency this time around. So by signing a three-year deal with the Cubs, if he goes and has a monster year in 2024, then he will have the option to opt out next off-season. And given the fact that he's then coming off two back-to-back monster years, he's probably going to get the big-ticket deal he's looking for. I, I can understand teams that were reluctant this winter to give him a seven, eight-year deal, given that he's kind of only just come back from a really rough stretch with injuries and and you've only got really one year to, to look on. So I can kind of understand teams being reluctant 
to do that. But if he goes and has a, a second consecutive monster year with the Cubs, then I certainly think that he's going to have a, a, a bigger market next next winter. And and same if he decides to not opt out and then puts together three consecutive big years at the plate and in the field, then he's going to have his pick of offers. So I think that was a really smart thing for, for Bellinger to do. And I really like it for the Cubs. The, the Cubs have been one of the biggest disappointments this offseason for me. I mean, they made the most aggressive move of the winter by hiring Craig Council as their manager. But then they, they haven't really done a lot. And, you know, losing Bellinger would have been a big blow because he, he's a big piece in that lineup. I mean, you know, last year he went 307, 356, 525, 881, 26 homers, 97 ribbies, 29 doubles. I mean, that kind of production is hard to replace. The fact that they get him back is, is a big boost. They're clearly not in rebuild mode anymore, given that they went out and hired council. They got a manga to bolster their rotation, so you've got a real good one-two punch with a manga and, and steel at the top of that rotation. So I suspect they should be competing for a playoff spot. I still think they need more. I mean, I'd love to see them go out and, and sign a Matt Chapman, especially given with the Bellinger deal, I think the Scott Boris clients are going to take less. And that's my that leads me in nicely to my second point. I wanted to write about this straight after the Super Bowl and then other things came up and I never got round to it. But if you didn't know, the, the four big free agents remaining, Cody Bellinger, obviously off the market now, but Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery and Matt Chapman, they're all Scott Boris clients. Now, Scott Boris obviously has a reputation. He gets the best possible deal for his clients and doesn't back down. And that's why he represents the best of the best in baseball. It, you know, as cringy as he is, he is freaking good at what he does. And, and the proof's there for all to see. But what I really would have wanted to see, because the thing with the Bellinger deal is that it happened so late. I mean, I woke up to it, and I think most people did. And it kind of went under the radar. And given the fact it happened Saturday night, I mean, there's no, like, first take and... Uh, get up isn't on on Sundays, so you're kind of floating it in dead air on a on a Sunday by doing it at the weekend, especially that late on a Saturday night. I think what would have been clever, and I'm surprised Scott Boris hasn't done this, although I'm sure he's tried. But I know getting four deals over the line, especially with spring training underway, isn't that simple. But it would have been great with. The NFL now finished, and there's a dead period between the Super Bowl and the draft. It would have been so fun to see all four of those players sign deals on the same day. Now you could spread them out. You know, for instance, tomorrow on Monday, could have had you know announced the Cody Bellinger deal, then Blake Snell. You know, imagine if Blake Snell went to the Yankees, then Jordan Montgomery, then Matt Chapman. That keeps that put with spring training games going on, that will keep baseball at the top of every sports show for the next couple of days. And would that not be good for baseball to have that attention? I mean, depending on what happens the rest of Sunday, I mean, I guess Monday you're going to have some spring training stuff, but given that it's the first week of games, I don't think any national show is going to go that deep into it. NBA is probably going to lead off. 
every national sports shows NFL obsessed, so there's going to be football talk regardless. But if you had a day where you had those four marquee free agents all signed within the span of a few hours, I really do think that would have put baseball front and center and kept them in the at the forefront of the conversation for an entire week, which the sport needs. So that was just my little thought. I think that would have been a really good ploy by Scott Boris to do. I'm really interested to see where Snell, Chapman and Montgomery sign. Like Blake Snell, I am surprised he hasn't signed, obviously, you know, back-to-back Cy Youngs. But I think the underlying thing with Snell is that he doesn't go deep into games. And you could say in response to that, well, does any starting pitcher go deep into games, which is a fair point. But he doesn't eat a lot of innings. So I think maybe that's put some teams off when you're talking about giving Snell, you know, 150, 200 million, whatever his asking price was. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes now. I I really do think, and I'm going to get into this later on, but I think the Yankees need another body in that rotation. And I think they should just come off their moral high ground and sign, if not Snell, Montgomery... And Matt Chapman, I'm surprised. I know he had a down year in 2023 offensively, but he's still like a platinum glove defender. Forget about gold glove. And he's, you know, most of his numbers were still okay last year. And I think if you look at the underlying metrics, it was, I think, all signs point to it being a down year. So I'm, I'm shocked that he's still out there. Um, and, I mean, again, I think the Cubs would be a, a great fit for Chapman. So, moving on to some hockey. What a story the Red Wings are. I mean, I'm... So, for those of you who don't know, baseball and hockey are my two main loves. They're my my main passions. Hockey was the first American sport I got into. And you can't help but love the Red Wings because they're, they're, they're an original six franchise... They're steeped in history. Some of the best players in the game played for the Red Wings. And they haven't made the playoffs since 2015-16. But I think that's going to change this year. They've been slowly... You know, Steve Wiseman, who was obviously the, a, a captain for Detroit and one of the best players in franchise history, is now trying to create another legacy as, as a general manager of that organisation. And he's been slow building. They've been putting pieces in place for a good number of years now. And it's starting to pay off. I mean, Alex Debrinker was a hell of a pickup, and as was going out to sign Patrick Kane. I mean, he has 26 points, 11 goals, 16 assists, and 26 games. And I was watching them on Saturday night, and I tweeted this out. I really do think they're going to be a dangerous team for anyone in their best of seven. Playoff hockey's different, but with the offensive power they've got with, with that explosion of in their in their lineup with Dylan Larkin too. And then you've got Maritz Sider on the on the back end. And they've got a number of role players who can step up and, and get the job done. Like if you give me any team in the best of seven, I, I, I really like I'd have I'd have a hard job picking against Detroit because they just play this style of hockey as well that's hard to break down. And I think the way they play would is going to really translate well to, to postseason hockey. So I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch down the stretch and then going into the playoffs. And it'll be interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline. It'll be, re- it'll be really compelling to see whether they make a big swing or they just add one or two complementary pieces to, to fit into the, 
the low end of that that lineup. But I really like the Red Wings. They're a cool story, and it'll be it'll be cool to see them get back in the playoffs. And I think if they do, they they're going to make some noise. And how about my New York Rangers? Winners of ten straight, tied a franchise record. By the time you listen to this, they would either have played the the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets on Sunday and, and set a new franchise record, or or fallen just short, or in the middle of doing so. They, it, it's been such a weird year. They got off to such a hot start. Then they played five hundred hockey at best for a period heading into the All Star break, and and you were kind of wondering what. What team was it? Was it was it the team that went on that absolute historic heater, or was it the team that kind of middled below five hundred? And I think what we've seen coming out of the All Star break, the fact they won ten straight, I think there's enough of a sample size now to suggest that they are the team that came out the gates hot, and that they are a legit Stanley Cup contender. And I think what was really impressive about the the win against the Flyers on Saturday was that Panarin, Kreider and Sabanajad, they didn't play that well. They didn't contribute, but yet they still got the job done. And one of the biggest storylines this year has been Igor Shesterkin and the fact that Jonathan Quick's been the better goalie. But, I mean, Shesty out the All-Star break, he's 5-0, and 9-4-5 save percentage, 2.01 goals against. He's He's been lights out. So if he can... If this is now the locked-in version of Shesterkin, and this is the the version of Shesterkin we're going to get down the stretch and in the playoffs, then that Rangers team, I, I think they can make a run to the Stanley Cup. And they've added a couple pieces. They that fourth line with Edstrom, Goodrow, and Matt Ramp. I mean, Edstrom and Matt Ramp are. Both six seven, they're mutants. And and Matt Ramp, what a cool story! Like the story of the week, you know, he he made his debut in the Stadium Series, dropped the gloves. You know, he's 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 got all the headlines this week for having more penalty minutes than minutes played on the ice. But I think what you really have to start considering with Ramp is that the Rangers have been screaming out for a legit mutant that can run around take people out, but can also contribute too. And we saw on Saturday that Rem, like he scored his first career NHL goal. He dropped the gloves against a proven vet and one of the toughest guys in the league. And I really do think he has a big role to play on this team. And his emergence has maybe saved Chris Drury some work at the trade deadline. There's still some work that needs to be done in terms of adding to that that, ros- that roster. But cap-wise, they're not going to be able to do a lot. So the fact that you've now got someone like Matt Ramp and then also Adam Edstrom, the fact that they're both 6'7", big bodies, and they really blended well with good row on that fourth line, that could be an absolute recipe for for success. I mean, if you go down and look at the roster of any recent or long ago Stanley Cup winner, I mean I I remember the the Blackhawks and the Kings of the early 2010s and before that of their cup runs. They had rookies who played depth roles who came in late in the season and maybe 
didn't put up big numbers, maybe didn't steal the headlines or, or make flashy plays, but they did the little things that count, especially in the playoffs. And I think the Rangers may have that now in Ramp and Edstrom. And they've they've long needed two big bodies that can crash around and send a, a, an absolute jolt of energy through the crowd. And, I mean, Matt Remp, he's playing up to it. And I think he's really going to be a crowd favourite at Madison Square Garden. And if you're telling me, you know, first round of the playoffs, game one, he comes out, drops the gloves, the place is going to go off. The roof's going to explode. So the Rangers are a really cool story. They're playing elite hockey right now. And I'm looking forward to see what they do down the stretch run. And speaking of electric, Connor Bedard leads all NHL rookies with 39 points. That's 17 goals, 22 assists. But I think what is really impressive about Bedard more than anything is he's had to come for a lot of adversity this year. You know, there was the whole Corey Perry thing with with those rumours with with Corey Perry and and, and Bedard's mum, which were just internet bullshit. There was n- like never any truth in those. But Bedard, that was something that Bedard still had to deal with. Then he then he's been out injured and with a broken jaw and missed the opportunity to go to you know to participate in his first All Star game. He was there, but he's come back and has hardly missed a beat and is looking electric and he's going to win the Calder Trophy unless he goes down hurt again which you know Touchwood doesn't happen and he's living up to the hype and that that's all you can ask for and he's only going to get better but I mean what a player what a treat that hockey fans are going to get to watch him for the next decade plus and I really think that the sport look it doesn't get that much attention because it's it's hockey but I mean, there's so much young, exciting talent, and and the parity in the league's never been better. There's you, you I couldn't tell you today who's going to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, there's eight to twelve teams that could realistically make a run, and it's. I mean, like every night, there's absolute electrifying games. I mean, look at last weekend. Look at the stadium series now. As a hockey purist, I'm someone who, if you gave me 20 outdoor games a year, I would take them all day. I love outdoor games. I love the Winter Classic. I know some people think that the NHL has gone a little bit overkill. I disagree. But the Stadium Series in New Jersey was just such a resounding success for the league. I mean, the the Devils-Flyers game was a lot of fun. The Devils won that one. They scored like 30, 40 seconds in. But... The, the real draw was the Rangers Islanders on Sunday. You know, the Rangers were down. They came back, tied it late, took the game to overtime, won it within like 35 seconds in overtime. Just like, and I'm the kind of guy that will watch a random Sharks Ducks game on a Tuesday because I'm a maniac. But I have to say, I was on the edge of my seat watching that entire spectacle, both games. And just what an advert for hockey in New York. And uh, you, you talk about the NHL and hockey in general not getting the plaudits it deserves. I think hockey in New York goes under the radar further because you have nine professional sports franchises in New York and that's not counting the likes of the, the Liberty and the uh, New York City FC and Red Bulls. So there's a lot of real... There's a lot of teams doing battle for 
limited real estate in New York. And I do think the Rangers, Islanders and Devils suffer because of that, especially when you consider how big the Yankees are. New York's always been a basketball town, and, and when the Knicks are playing as well as they are, they're going to be the draw. Jets, Giants, football's always going to be king. But that was just such a cool advertisement for hockey in in the metro area. And, and hopefully, you know, I mean, there were 80,000 fans at both games, and, and hopefully there were people that went that don't normally watch hockey but went because it was something to do, and hopefully they're hooked to the sport now. Because they were just they were just freaking awesome games, man, both of them, and it was just such a good advert for the league, and I'm so glad they happened, and I'm really excited for this stretch running as we get into the playoffs. Because look, I love I I love the playoffs in any sport, but I have to say, Stanley Cup playoffs are the best playoffs you'll ever get. All rounds are best of seven. There's no you know, like baseball will we'll kind of ramp up with best of five and best of seven. You Round one's best of seven. It's an absolute war of attrition and you're playing for the best trophy in sports, period. So I, I can't wait for the playoffs to to begin. And speaking of, I touched on the Knicks there. They lost to the Sacks on Saturday, but watching that game, the, the Knicks were hanging in there through the third quarter, you know, Jalen Brunson, 34 points, nine assists. You've got to think that the Knicks are down, Randall, Robinson, OG, they're, they're beat up right now. I think all three should be back soon, especially Randall and OG. When healthy, there's no doubt, I think the Knicks have got the, the ability to go to the Eastern Conference final. I really liked what they did at the trade deadline with the pieces they added They've got depth now. So when they're healthy, if you consider everybody back plus the depth they acquired at the deadline and the needs they addressed, yeah, I, I think I think they can go against anyone in a best of seven. I really do. I mean, they, they showed that against the Sacks on Saturday and they're, they're down a few bodies. I, I'm just really excited about this team. It's not often over the last 10, 11 years the Knicks have been good. It's, it's rare that we've had anything Knicks-related to get excited about. And Brunson, I, one of the things that I'm planning for the New York sports show that I mentioned at the top of the the pod is a, a Matt Rushmore New York sports athletes right now. Brunson is on the top of that, for, for sure. He he has just been an absolute revelation. He's He's electrified the city of New York and he, he's one of the best spectacles at Madison Square Garden right now and if he keeps playing the way he is and he gets more help when everyone comes back and Randall and OG uh, the, 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 the Knicks are making a deep run you can, you can book that now you can book that now and also book this. this this is a hot take but one I'm confident in the women's NCAA March Madness tournament is going to be 10 times better than the men's I, I'll be honest. I basketball's at the the bottom of my totem pole, and the NBA loses me. I'm going to get into the All Star game shortly, but the NBA does lose me with load management and like I, I it, it seems to be at an all time low this year. And you know, the fact that the players have all the control. I mean, LeBron James constantly moans, and you know puts out 
cryptic tweets, despite the fact that since he's joined the Lakers, they've given up a crap load to appease him. And basically when he goes, they're going to have to rebuild. And it's the kind of like the same with college basketball. Like there's so many one and dones now. It's hard to, like I couldn't tell you, I'll be honest, a single men's basketball player in college basketball right now. But I can go through and list a slew of women's basketball players. And I mean, obviously, Caitlin Clark, what she's done, breaking the the NCAA women's career scoring record. And, you know, the fact that every time she shoots a three-pointer, it's like watching Picasso paint a masterpiece. Got Angel Reese with LSU, Juju Watkins. I mean, there's... Uh, there's just so much, so much talent in in women's college basketball right now, you know. And I hope Caitlin Clark goes to the WNBA next year because the WNBA is probably in the best place it's been for for years. And I'm just really excited for for the women's tournament. I will watch the men's tournament, but if I'm being honest, I think by the time we get down the middle, I'm going to be so invested in the women's tournament because I think that's there's seven or eight teams that can make a real run. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the likes of Watkins and Reese and, and especially Caitlin Clark will do on the biggest stage. And uh, one one final basketball note, although it's more a, a general one with all, all sports, there's been a lot of stuff about the All-Star game recently. We had the NBA All-Star game last weekend, obviously. And... It wasn't great. It wasn't great. I, I'll be honest, I had it on. Um, I was doing other things. I was on calls and meetings. And there was a combined 397 points in the All-Star game itself. I mean, these scored 211, which is the first time that's ever happened in NBA history. And it's just... The NBA's always had an All-Star problem. The, the competitiveness has gone down year on year. And we're at a point where it's just not good to watch. It's... it's boring and I don't really know what you can do like they're never going to get rid of it because the the league gets too much money from it but I mean how how are you gonna inspire players to want to go and play I mean the NHL has a similar problem they brought in the rule that if you skip it you're suspended for I think one or two games after the all-star break obviously that's happened to Ovechkin a few times he never wants to play in it you know, they had their all-star game a couple of weeks ago and there was a thing with Nikita Kucherov, the, the wing for the Lightning, and he half-assed it for the skills competition and got booed. And rightly so, because that's just a bad look. If you're going to go, then, you know, put everything you've got into it because otherwise, why bother? And, I mean, the skills competition was okay. I, I like the fact that they added an extra night. They did the the draft for the All-Star game on Thursday and they did it in the arena and they had celebrity captains and team captains, you know, draft players. And I know a lot of people kind of attacked the NHL for it and said that it was cringy. I think the NHL are, is in a tough place because whenever it does something different, they're always kind of attacked for being cringy. I think that's just the spot they're in being the fourth sport in America. But I liked it. It showed initiative. It, it added another night to the festivities. And if you if you listen to anyone who actually was in Toronto for the All-Star game, 
it was an absolute amazing experience for those in there and in person. And I mean, Toronto did an incredible job. I know there's some who, who would like Toronto to have it every year. I, I do like it coming to different places and, and spreading the, the gospel of hockey around. But obviously Toronto is like the home of hockey. It's the heartbeat of hockey. And, and I really do think with a lot of these all-star games, it's not it's never going to translate well on TV. It's just not made for TV. So I, I, I think unless you're there and you get to see different things in person, then I just think it is what it is. And look, you don't have to watch. But I think with the Pro Bowl as well and in football, that's always a tough watch. I don't really watch the Pro Bowl. The only all-star game that works is baseball because baseball is the only all-star game that actually translates to what a real game looks like because it's some you know you can't not put an effort playing baseball because that's when injuries happen so you know when the all-star game in baseball happens it is like watching a real game and I mean the last couple of years I think have all been pretty good and then you know their their second to main event the day before the the home run derby is I mean, who doesn't love watching the best of the best, absolute blast moonshots into the sky? Then they do the draft, so that's another wrinkle. They they do the MLB draft. They have the futures game, so you get to see the stars of tomorrow. So Major League Baseball have, have got the All-Star game right, and they have done for the longest time, and that's something that actually translates well on TV too. I mean, again, the Home Run Derby, you're watching sluggers just crank moonshot after moonshot and just hit dinger after dinger and that you know there's nowhere that wouldn't translate well to tv and again the game looks like a real game and all the other stuff in between you know the the draft and the futures game and the the nhl all-star game like the first game the the first semi-final like they just the players just kept passing too much it was really hard to watch but the, the second semi-final and the final got a lot better and, and was actually quite entertaining. But again, look, these All-Star games, on the face of it, they're designed to act as a break, a natural break in the middle of what is a grueling season. I mean, the NFL is different because the Pro Bowl happens at the end at the end of the year and, and by that point, a lot of the players are gassed anyway. But, I mean, if you think about it, like NBA, NHL, it's 82-game seasons. Baseball's 162. So the players who aren't playing are obviously going on breaks. And for the players that are there, they're just using it as a chance to kind of take a breather from the grueling war of attrition that is the regular season schedule. They're never going to go there and go balls out because that's not what it's designed for. And they're there to kind of enjoy themselves and you know, restock and get themselves set for the stretch run. So it's never going to be like a, a normal game. And, and again, I, I think if you don't like it, then then you don't have to watch it. But it, they need to happen. They generate a lot of revenue for the leagues. I, I do think, like I said, the NHL All-Star game was was good on for the most part. The MLB All-Star game, they hit it out of the park. But yeah, the NBA, they, they need to do something about the actual game. I, again, I don't know what you do, but they need to make it a little bit more competitive because that just was unwatchable and it it wasn't fun. But I think as a general rule of thumb, if you ask me, if you're going to moan about the All-Star game, just don't watch it. 
Just take a break. Just take the weekend. If you're a basketball fan, then just don't watch any basketball that weekend. Take a break like most of the players and then come back when they come back. Same with hockey. If you if you think what the NHL does is cringy and embarrassing, then all right, just don't watch it. Go and catch up on Desperate Housewives, which has been out for 20 years. <laughs> Do something else. You know, no one's got a gun to your head and forcing you to watch these events. But yeah, that is my mini rant on All-Star Games. Um, we're going to take a break and then come back and run through my... 10 MLB teams players that I'm intrigued to watch in spring training and going into opening day. So we'll take a break and we'll be back. So we're going to run through my top 10 MLB players teams to watch. I'm not going to go too long on this because I know that this podcast has just been me basically having a one-sided conversation with myself, which, hey, I do every single day. And I even do it when I'm outside. And yes, people do stop and stare and think, what the freaking hell is this guy doing? But this that's just me. This is what I do. So before I get into the top 10, let's go with some honourable mentions. I think the Phillies Braves have been juggernauts for a while. You know, the Phillies the last two years have made a World Series and have been one or two games away from making another one. I really like their lineup. I, I still think they could have made a move or two. I would I'd love to see them kind of finish strong by going out and signing a Matt Chapman and a Blake Snell. Or one of the two. Or Jordan Montgomery. Like really go out with a big splash and shock everyone. The Braves, you know, they, they traded for Chris Sale, and I think if anyone can get the best out of Chris Sale, it's the Braves. They know what they're doing when it comes to pitching. But you just can't ever bet against that lineup and I think the I, I think they're going to make a run again but they're, they're just an electric team to watch the Astros I mean Josh Hader was was a hell of a pickup he's one of the best closers in baseball and, and I think that's a really smart move for a team that just won't go away and the Astros you know a lot of their they've got an aging core so their window to win is is right now and by signing someone like Josh Hader, who is just absolutely money in high leverage situations, just a really smart move. And it, it keeps them as one of the legit contenders for the World Series. So, yeah, those are my three, three kind of honourable mentions wildcards. So let's kick off the list. So we're going to go number 10 with Mets. So I'm a bit biased here. I really don't get what the Mets are doing this year. They they sent out all kinds of mixed signals at last year's trade deadline by saying, well, we're going to be competitive in 2024. And then this year, David Stearns, the new president of Base Warps, has, has consistently and routinely stated that he believes that this team is currently constituted as, as a playoff team. But, you know, you know, when you were growing up as a kid, you were always told actions speak louder than words. Well, I kind of think the Mets need to take stock of that because it's not what you say, but what you do that counts. And all the actions the Mets have taken isn't conducive with that of a team that wants to make the playoffs. I mean, you know, Kodai Senga has gone down hurt and he he is going to, you know, he's not going to be ready for opening day. And 
given that this is the Mets, a routine injury tends to turn into something more serious. So we'll see on that. And look, that rotation, it's got a lot of upside. I mean, Luis Severino, people forget, but was once upon a time mentioned in the same conversation as Jacob deGrom is, is potentially being one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he had flashes, but but he had a lot of injuries with the Yankees. Uh, Sean Manaya, his underlying metrics in 2023 will tell you that he could have a big year. Adrian Hauser was a solid piece with the Brewers. Jose Quintana, if he can, you know, parlay his second half of the year with the Mets in 2023 over and translate that over into a full season, then there's a lot of hope of that rotation. But that's a lot of ifs and buts, and you know the boom and bust, the the boom or bust potential of this. Uh, rotation unfortunately leans more on the bust and if one or two of those pitches get hurt then I think the whole thing falls down so I I mean you know with Jordan Montgomery Blake Snell being out there I, I think that they could go out and sign a Jordan Montgomery for maybe a two three year deal with a team option for a third you know maybe get him for a bit less money now similar to the Cody Bellinger deal with the Cubs I I think if, if they're really serious about making the playoffs, then they need to to go out and add another body to that to that rotation, and and they've uh, they anger me beyond recognition with this whole insistence that they don't need to add more power. I mean they've they they've been screaming out for another power hitter for a few years now. Pete Alonso needs some help in that lineup, and when you've still got J D Martinez out there, who you know. Despite his advancing years, he's good for 20-plus homers a year. He also puts the ball in play and gets on base a hell of a lot. You know, he rips a lot of doubles. Like, why why don't you go and sign J.D. Martinez as, as, your, de- as your designated hitter? So, I, I think for me, I, I, I don't think this is a playoff team. I just don't. I mean, I'm going to be interested to see what they do the rest of the way in spring training. I mean, if, if they lose anyone else, I think they're going to have to either make some moves or just kind of bail on this year already. But I, I think if, if they're serious about being a playoff team, they, they need to do a lot more. Number nine, Pirates. I'm, I'm sick of, I'm just sick of teams just tanking on purpose. And, you know, we, we saw the the Orioles do it for so long. And, and the Orioles can actually be a good example for the Pirates. You know, the Orioles stunk for years and they you know they kind of then benefited from a loaded farm system and they're now one of the best teams in baseball and they're going to keep getting better and I mean the Pirates they've got a veteran presence in McCutcheon O'Neill Cruz is going to be back this year they you know they've got some good starting pitching they've just signed Keller to a deal I, I would like to see the Pirates make some steps this year and compete you know if they don't make the playoffs at least compete and, and show some considerable improvement. Number eight is the Angels, purely because I think that, you know, Mike Trout's got to be on the clock, right? I know he's come out and said he wants to finish his career with the Angels, but he's also come out and said that they need to do more, and they haven't. I mean, they could have signed Bellinger, they didn't. It'll be interesting to see if they make a move for uh, Matt Chapman or Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery. But they're they're just as currently constituted. They're a worse team than last year because they lost Shohei Otani, and I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And if I was Mike Trout, 
I'd be demanding a trade to get the hell out of there because a guy of his considerable talents shouldn't be on a dumpster fire. Number seven, Dylan Cease. Where is he going to be traded? Now, that's a very good question. Obviously, the White Sox seem happy to kind of wait out until the trade deadline. I, I, I think they could get something for him now. I mean, I mentioned somewhere the other day that I would love for the Mets to trade to him because he's under team control for a few more years. He you know He's only going to cost $8 million this year. And he didn't have a great year in 2023, but he still had a, a pretty solid year on what was a really bad White Sox team. Um, so I'll be interested to see what happens with him because we also know there's going to be one or two starting pitchers that go down during spring training. And if and when that happens, will that prompt the team to go out and send an absolute package to the White Sox for seas? So I'm going to be interested to see where he lands. Number six, the Detroit Tigers. Now, you might be thinking, why the hell are the Detroit Tigers on this list? But they've made a lot of smart moves this offseason. They've signed a lot of really solid players, a lot of veterans. Colt Keith, their, their top prospect, they've signed to a, 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 big, a big deal. And he's he's going to be on the opening day roster. And I just think with with their with their youth and, and the, the players they've signed, I, I think they could make some noise this year and, and compete for the playoffs. And I think that would be good for baseball. Number five, the Reds, Cincinnati Reds. You know, it's another year fairly did La Cruz, Matt McClain, you know, Jonathan India signed a two-year deal. It's it's another year for that for the maturation process of that franchise. I, they disappointed me. They they could have gone out and made a big pitching move. They didn't. But I think with a year under their belt for their young players, I, I'd like to see them make another step in the right direction. And if they do, then next winter go out and make a, a swing for the fences move. Number four, the Cubs. Uh, I talked about the Cubs a lot this podcast. They've just signed Cody Bellinger to a three-year deal. They made the most aggressive move of the offseason by signing Craig Council. I, I still think they need another move or two because you, you don't go out and sign Craig Council if you're just going to rebuild. They obviously want to be a contender again. I, I'd love to see them sign Matt Chapman. You know, put him on the hot corner. And I think with his platinum glove defense and what he can offer you in the middle of the lineup, I think if they could go out and sign a Matt Chapman, I think that it would turn what has been a disappointing offseason into a really good one with Bellinger back and would give them the edge, I think, going into the uh, regular season. Number three, and they're probably a bit low, but it will make sense when I read you the top two. The Baltimore Orioles, they they were the funny story of last year. Just after losing on purpose and tanking and stinking the place out and losing 100-plus games and just being awful to watch and having players in the lineup that would look out of place in double A, the, the fact that you know they had Adley Rushman and Gunnar Henderson lead the line last year, they make the playoffs, they, they win 101 games, they're going to be better this year. You know, Jackson Holiday is going to get the call up at some point, and then you've got the three-headed monster of Henderson, Rushman, and and Holiday. And we we've seen the connection between Rushman behind the plate and Holiday at short already in spring training. And you know, the 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 big weapon is Corbin Burns. 
the, the Orioles were exposed in the playoffs for not having a legit elite premier front of the um, front end rotation starter. They've now got that in Corbin Burns, and he's money, and he's going to be money in the playoffs too. So I'm really excited to see the Orioles this year. I think they're going to be better than they were last year, and they're gonna they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And watching them slug it out of the division with the Yankees is and the Blue Jays. Although I'm not as high on the Blue Jays as I have been, but watching the Orioles and the Yankees slug it out is going to be fun. And speaking of the Yankees coming at number two now, last year was obviously a disappointing year for the Yankees. They missed the playoffs. Obviously, Judge missed some time with a right toe injury after crashing into the gate at Dodger Stadium. But, you know, they went out, they added Marcus Stroman, and then more importantly, they traded for Juan Soto. And, I mean, I was looking at his baseball reference page when I was prepping for this, and it just blows me away. So he's 25 years old, and he's had, like, he's in, like, rarefied air as Ted Williams in terms of, like, the career, the start to the career. He's, he's, I'll say that again, shall I? In terms of the the start he's made to his career, only Ted Williams eclipses that. That's how good he's been. I mean, he's won a World Series. He's he's got three All Stars. He's in two nine four four twenty one five two four nine four six hundred and sixty home runs, four hundred eighty three ribbies, and six hundred and forty walks. I mean, the walks are insane. He's a walking machine. Moneyball would have loved him. He's he's just honestly an absolute joy to watch. I was watching the Yankee spring training game before I jumped on to do this, and he had a big game at the plate. And him and Judge in the same lineup, Stanton too, when healthy. That's going to be a fun Yankees team to watch. I, I, I really don't understand why they aren't going out and signing Snell and Montgomery. Because, look, you, you've got... Um, Soto for a year before he hits free agency. Now, Soto is a Scott Boris client, so he's definitely going to hit free agency. If he has another monster year and stays healthy, which, I mean, he's incredibly durable, so as long as that continues, he's going to get $50 million a year. I think given the fact that Yankees have already got Judge, Cole, and Stanton on big contract, I can't see how they fit another one in, but we'll see. But they're all in on this year, so just go out and sign Snell and Montgomery. You know, you need... Again, their rotation behind Cole is, is there's a lot of question marks. And I think if they could bring in another front end starter to, to pair with Cole, then they're they're gonna be formidable. Um and the team in at number one's formidable, the Dodgers. Now come on, no surprises, but how could I not have the Dodgers number one? You know, Shohei Otani, Yamamoto, they signed Tier Oscar Hernandez. They already got Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. You know, Mookie Betts is going to play second. That's going to, I think, really reduce the wear and tear on his body, which means it's going to keep him fresher, and that's going to be bad news for the rest of baseball as they go on, especially in the playoffs. I They're just going to be such a fun team to watch this year, the Dodgers. I mean, Otani, yes, he can't pitch yet, not until 2025, but... I mean, that just means that he, he's going to be raking a lot more. I, I think he'll hit between 40 to 50 homers in 2024. And and that Dodgers lineup is just stacked from top to bottom. With, with Tyler Glasnow as well, that rotation is a lot better than it was in 2023 for LA. And they, and look, 
you know, keep this in mind. The, the playoffs are a crapshoot in baseball. More than any other sport, they're a crapshoot. I mean, look at last year. You know, maybe not the Rangers because of the money they spent, but the who expected the Diamondbacks to get to the World Series? No one. And I mean, the Rays, despite having the lowest payroll in baseball, have got to the World Series in recent years. So you, you can never be sure. And, and the Dodgers have, have won one World Series since 84, I think, despite consistently having one of the highest payrolls. But they're going to be a hard team to take on this year. And they're, they're going to be an impossible team to beat in the best of seven. They, they've just got so much talent. You know, Gavin Lux is back after missing last year of injury. They're, they're just stacked. And, and I think, you know... As I said at the top of the podcast, I'm someone who will, because baseball is my absolute life's passion, I'm someone who will literally watch a Reds-Pirates game on a Tuesday afternoon in May. But I think for those who subscribe to the MLB app, Dodgers are going to be must-see viewing every day, every day with that lineup and that talent in Shoei. And um, they're going to be... Uh, they're, they're not going to be an easy out for any team. And I just want to see Shoei absolutely rake again. But that is my top 10 teams players that I'm keeping an eye on in spring training as we get closer to opening day. I'm going to do a few things on on the site on that. But yeah, so I am going to disappear now. That was, like I said, a very different podcast to what we normally do. I will be back next week with a guest. But yeah, I just wanted to jump on, talk some sports, run through some baseball stuff. And yeah, look, we're in the absolute nirvana for sports right now. There's there's literally stuff going on every night. So enjoy it and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.